You're listening to the Australian Army Training and Doctrine Podcast. How can new technology help today's warfighters in urban operational environments? That's the question we'll be asking in this two-part podcast for The Cove. We've come to Central Adelaide for the Technical Cooperation Programme Contested Urban Environment Strategic Challenge, also known as Q Adelaide 2017. And with me is the project leader, Dr Justin Fidock. So first of all, tell me a bit more about Q Adelaide 2017. What is it and who's involved? So DST, or Defence Science Technology, is one of the groups within Defence and, and being part of Defence, our role is very much to support our service personnel in making sure that they are being given the best possible equipment, um, but also that we're working with them to investigate the potential of emerging technologies and how those technologies might support them in future operations. So uh, we see ourselves as very much working in partnership with our service personnel. So Q Adelaide 2017 is a uh, multinational defence technology activity and essentially what we're trying to do is we're exploring various technologies, uh, various intelligence surveillance and reconnaissance technologies and integrating them together and investigating how they might support our military personnel in the future in reducing risk not only to themselves but also to innocent civilians in operations in future cities. And tell us a bit about the Army's role here today. How does the Army fit into this particular activity? So Army are actually really critical to this as is the Air Force who are supporting this as well and that's because rather than this being a, a technology trial where we were looking at the performance of a particular sensor, an engineering focused trial, this is a trial intended to investigate concepts of employment for sets of technologies integrated together. So if we don't have service personnel, Army and Air Force and others involved in these activities, then we really aren't going to be informed about the way in which those technologies might be employed militarily uh, in the future. So Army are critical actually to ensuring that we uh, generate the desired outcomes from this activity. And when we refer to a contested urban environment, how do you understand that term? What does that mean for you? So there was a really important um, position paper produced by uh, Army back in 2014, the Future Land Warfare Report, and that's been quite formative for us in thinking about this, but there's plenty of other people who've written about this as well. So for us, contested urban environment involves a very dense operating context where you have lots of buildings close together, you have urban stresses such as urban canyoning where you basically, if you're using a surveillance asset or drone, uh, you can very easily lose track of people caused by the gaps in buildings and the blocks that those buildings cause. Uh, you also have the challenge of trying to track people in large crowds and that also presents an issue as does large amounts of traffic. So, and in addition to that, if you put yourself in the shoes of the people who may not want us in that city, they're able to exploit those features of that environment and make it very difficult difficult for us to not only ensure that our own forces are, uh, the harm is minimised to them, but also minimising the harm to innocent civilians who might be caught up in conflict situations. So urban contexts are very, very challenging for our warfighters and what we're trying to do here is seeing if some of the technologies we've got might enhance their ability to operate effectively. Are there any particular problems then that you're trying to solve to assist warfighters in this contested urban environment? So I suppose the, the first objective really is to take a series of technologies that were probably not really designed specifically for urban contexts, although some of them um, do have that potential, pull them together, integrate them, provide them as sensors for the commander to use and employ on the ground, and see how well they perform in an urban context. And depending on how that goes, uh, that will obviously inform 
the sorts of choices those uh, technologists might make in terms of how to further develop their technologies, but also it'll help us evolve our thinking about the concepts of employment for those technologies in urban environments. So it's very early days, but we're hopeful that we will generate some insights from this that very much inform the next generation of technology. Can you give us some more information about the specific technologies you're using? Are we talking about imaging technologies? Are we talking about sensor technologies? Yeah, so broadly speaking, you can think of it as being a series of wide area aerial surveillance technologies combined with the ability to zoom in, uh, so take a closer look, but also the ability to use uh, assets that are lower to the ground, mounted on buildings or mounted to actual soldiers worn on their chest as well as emerging technologies for capturing imagery and photography from a, a scope. So there's a variety of technologies uh, and also there's sensors that detect proximity and the other important piece is that the glue of this. So it's not just the sensors, a big part of Q is the integration of those things together in a way that provides meaningful insights uh, for the warfighter. The challenge has been going on for a few days now, so what have you discovered so far and how is that going to be helpful to Army personnel down the track? So what we've done is we're pushing down uh, assets, uh, sensors, etc., that normally would be held at much higher levels of command and only allocated in very rare situations tactically. And we're really pushing a lot of that right down to the tactical level. And so a number of issues have come out already around how you would need to design smart technology in the middle, if I can put it that way, that would help to bring together and fuse that technology in a way that doesn't overwhelm personnel on the ground. So I think for me that's one of the things that's that started to come out is it's not just about a particular sensor but how do we process and deliver that information in a way that doesn't overwhelm the operator on the ground. What are the limitations then of the technologies you see it right now? You've talked about the importance of fusion there of these different imaging sensors and delivering the information to the people on the ground. Are there other limitations also of the technology? Yes, yeah, so the nature of this activity is that some of the technologies are quite immature and so they are quite heavy, their battery life might not be very long, uh, they might be quite fragile, uh, but I suppose what we're trying to do here is put these technologies into the hands of the warfighters as soon as possible. But we're also using simulation and within simulation we're able to represent those technologies in a more mature way and provide them with an opportunity to investigate how they might be used. So for people listening to this podcast, the soldiers and officers, what do you think they can do to assist you in developing technology that will down the track help them? I suppose the first point I'd make is that the best way that DST can achieve positive outcomes for our service personnel is for us to ensure that we come to them and really seek to understand their world and how they operate and conversely that when service personnel are exposed to DST that they understand that these are technologists and scientists and they don't necessarily understand their warfighting business very well and so I think if we both make an effort to meet in the middle and seek to understand each other's business I think we'll get a much better outcome for ADF. And how can that be best achieved? I mean there's a basic communication role there but how else can that engagement be facilitated and improved? Well I think these sorts of activities which tend not to happen very frequently but one of our hopes I suppose is that this sort of activity will highlight the value of bringing together those different communities and I should point out those communities include our overseas partners America, Canada, New Zealand, UK and ourselves of course but also industry and when you bring people together and you provide an environment within which people can explore technologies in a militarily realistic way I think some really good benefits can flow from that. So for the people in uniform who've participated in this exercise, what do you think they've taken away from it? So um, it's early, but I'd suggest so far they've been exposed to a large number of air, ground and integration technologies 
some of which they would never have even considered before as being things you might put into the hands of future operators. And so I think from the get-go, they're actually being given a, a nice opportunity to really open their, their minds and think about what warfighting in 2035 might look like. And what we're trying to do is create that situation now in 2017. So I'm hopeful that what they take away is a mindset that says, not just how can I exploit technology now that's in my hands now, but how might I contribute to bringing into service technologies that will be in my hands in the future. Well, the rain has really set in here, so a further complexity to the urban environment. So just a final question, what would you like people to take away from this podcast in terms of how they perhaps can contribute to supporting your research into the future? And indeed, what they should take away from the research that you're conducting here this week? So given the, uh, the forum within which this is provided, I think you know, we would very much welcome constructive discussion around the sorts of things that we're doing and have a conversation about the potential of technology well integrated for supporting them in operating an urban context. So for me, a really good outcome would be if we have an ongoing conversation about this. Dr Justin Fidock, thank you very much. To hear from Army personnel supporting the challenge, listen to the second part of this podcast, also available on The Cove. The web address is www.cove.org.au. That's www.cove.org.au. I'm Captain Sharon Maskeldare. Thank you for listening. This podcast is produced by the Australian Army and is copyright the Commonwealth of Australia.